Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. Enjoy the class. Wow, we've got some catching up to do because we skipped September because of the holiday weekend. This is our second to the last fall for this year because in December, because of everyone's busy calendars, we will not be having an event. So this particular gathering, what's on your mind? So I just had an aha about how much growth I've experienced over the years doing the work of unpacking guilt and doubt, shame and worry, and how the more I've awakened to myself and stepped in to myself and the more compassion I've learned to give myself, the more vulnerable I've become with myself, the more I have been willing to share myself fully with the world. And it's interesting because I guess I never, I discounted just how much or how little I actually was sharing myself with the world. But having done so and getting the feedback from the way people see me and experience me is just more confirmation of all the work that I have done. And I can see how me stepping fully into myself and being compassionate and vulnerable and loving towards myself has enabled me to extend that to the world. And I've experienced and witnessed how that is rippled and modeled for people in my sphere of influence. And that's been a wonderful experience. It definitely has. I'm wrinkling up my face here again. Uh, for those listening in, I, I'm going to be a little bit transparent. Both Christina and Cheryl on our adventure today are two of the people who have taken a journey with Seoul University. They've taken the class, pay me what I'm worth, and they have really dived deep into it. And I am blessed that you both decided to embrace the cookbook that you worked your way through. How about this topic? Then and now. And before we met and years later, the results of the work, you know what you were like 10 years ago today. Would you say you're fairly different today? I know I am. By far, it's probably 99.9% because of your class. You uh, folks, I'm not paying her to say this. Truly, I'm not... No, absolutely not. It, it is just such a fact that I can see it in my life every day because I used to be withdrawn. Oh, no way would I ever go on a call like this. Uh-uh. I didn't have self-worth is the basic bottom line. And taking your class totally gave me my self-worth. I am still growing. It was, what, 2015, 16, I took your class. And I'm so glad I did because my life has changed so much. What surprised you the most, Cheryl? When you came into class, you had your act together. To hear you say what you're saying surprises me. Oh, gosh. No, I thought you knew that. It, it just totally changed me. I didn't have a bad life, but I couldn't stand up for myself. I couldn't voice my opinion. I just would go along with whatever anybody else said. But now I have the ability to stand up for myself, to give love to other people and receive. That was one of my biggest things. I couldn't receive from people. I could, but you got to balance it, which I learned in class. Oh, a lot of things. So Are you open to flashing back in that moment where you recognized how unbalanced you were with giving and receiving? Do you recall a specific moment where you're like yeah just all the time people would try to give me things or do something nice for me but i'd say no it's okay i can do it i can handle it but now i realize that you do need to balance the receiving end of it too but just just amazing what it can do and Christina's going, I don't know what she's talking about. That didn't happen to me. Yeah, different I, people are at different places. 
some people can receive, which is wonderful if they've been able to do that all their life. What I've learned about myself is I wasn't good at receiving, certainly. And I'm not certain that I would even characterize myself, though I thought I was at the time, at, 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 at even giving. Because what I had been taught in life was that I needed to, out of necessity or for all the different reasons that I learned this lesson, I chose when I was a kid to develop this way of getting through the days. And I'm thankful for that because it got me to this point in life. But I didn't really realize just how much I, for lack of a better way of articulating it, Try, learned to live invisibly. And by learning to live invisibly, that meant I don't know that I was actually even living. I wouldn't even say that I was actually even living and experiencing each and every day, each and every moment of each and every day. I was going through my days reacting and responding and striving to get through the days, but not at actively living as I would define it today. So if the biggest then and now, that would probably be it for me. So with that reflection, I'm curious, how much brain CPU time, mm-hmm. how much sacrifice were you at, at in the moment? You probably weren't aware of the unbalanced nature because you had normed that level of unbalance. Is that an accurate reflection? Yeah. Yeah. And now with the gift of 2020 hindsight, I would assume you have far more energy because you're not shielding yourself. You're not overthinking things. You're just putting it out there like it is. When I'm in conversation with people, I experience it a bit differently in that I am not doing it performatively. I'm actually authentically from my essence experiencing the world. So instead of acting, you are taking it in, you're reading the room, but instead of like you did in the past, after reading the room, you hobbled together what you thought would be the best way to stay invisible. Right. So I used to spend the first few minutes in any space trying to identify what part of me was not welcome in that space. And then I would put on whatever mask accordingly and navigate that space accordingly, masked up. And now I show up 1000% me and I experience it totally with me being present not a masked part of me. I think that must be something that you learn in your class, Toll, because I can totally identify with what she's saying. What brought me from a didn't play out into being myself. I'm not afraid to be myself anymore. Before, I always felt judged and I felt like, oh, people wouldn't accept me, so I'd just be back in the corner. I wouldn't talk to anybody. Now I don't care. I'm right out there. I can talk to people. I I feel worthy enough to be able to participate in things. Before I would never even participate. I'd say no. I I can find something, some reason not to go to some outing or something because I just didn't feel comfortable with people. But now I'm me. I'm totally me, and I'm not trying to impress anybody. I don't care if they like me or not. It's whatever they accept. They can go on to the next person if they don't. And it doesn't bother me one bit. And so I guess that that would be self-worth, huh? What you're both touching upon, what drives me to continually suggest to people, have you taken a look at your sense of worth? And what I've witnessed in both of you and in many others I don't remember which class we talk about this, but I brought up the the notion of manipulation, right? You, I, I think we talked about manipulation 
in many different classes. The recurring theme about manipulation is how absolutely tiring it is. We'll start there. Is that a, a fair reflection that manipulation is just, it takes it right out of you? I would say, yeah, absolutely. And the insidious nature of manipulation is it happens so silently with our chaos committee. For those who are familiar with the chaos committee, I've coined this notion that inside our head, the chairman of the board for this committee is our ego. And our ego likes to draw upon other committee members like the perfectionist and the judge and the critic and the competitor. Those are some common chaos committee members. And they're all busy manipulating us. Every minute of every day in every decision, every sight, every smell, every touch, every taste, we're being manipulated. And when there's minimal, if any, healthy sense of worth out there, this manipulation is generally off the charts. As a sense of worth deepens, the chaos committee hates it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Wait, we're losing control. Now, I don't know about yeah. you, but if I find out I'm being manipulated and I didn't ask to be manipulated. Now, what, what I mean by that is when people hire me to, to work with them, they're consciously giving me agreements that we're going to manipulate each other, meaning that's the name of the game it's up front. You know you're being manipulated. You can say screw it or you can say I love it or whatever, but we are being manipulated even listening to this audio program. It's the non-agreed manipulation. It's that subtle, oh, thank you so much for helping me out. I don't know what I would do without you. You are such a very dear friend. And I'm saying all of this because I'm about to hit you up for yet another ask, but I, I need to butter you up. Now that's manipulation. That's not gratitude. I'm not being grateful for you in my life. <laughs> Although I might think I'm being great. Topic turn change when it comes to your worth. Let's uh, focus this from a different angle. What tools in your mind, what tools were missing before you went through class? What were some of the ways of thinking, observing, hearing, seeing? What was missing or late? buried in your toolbox that you are not aware of that you now use on a regular basis? The skill of exploring and allowing was missing from my toolbox. And the understanding of what it means to, to choose. I don't even think I was conscious of not choose it is still a choice <laughs> and one that I actually like less because I, I I literally have no no participation in that and I just have to accept what I get so honing those skills of exploring and and allowing has really helped me a lot At, as you were bringing your exploring tool online Christina where did you become aware of your chaos committee trying to screw up that tool, meaning as you are exploring, if you explore and judge, that can get really painful really fast, right? And then you throw in a little analysis and start analyzing, and then it gets confusing. Because here's the weird thing, another thing that I have had to learn and I actually now oddly embrace it's weird I don't know who I am sometimes but paradox I literally leverage it 24 7 almost in the sense of when I'm in a space where I'm not feeling comfortable or something just feels off or whatever even if I'm having a response to something that I'm just not sure of and I can't quite put a finger on it my reference, I'm aging myself back in the day. We used to go to an encyclopedia or something. Nowadays, everybody just goes to the old Google machine. But either way, when I need a sense of reference for myself, 
and I'm unsure of something, then I look at the flip side of the thing and I, because I know whatever energy I'm experiencing, the opposite energy is also present. And so the discomfort that I once had with the unknown, I'm now, here's another skill set in my toolbox that I lean on a lot. I am now comfortable leaning into the unknown because I turned up my curiosity. I, I'm chuckling inside because, again, practicing a little transparency back in the day, when I would throw out those paradox bombs in class, you all hated me, didn't you? Yeah. And we didn't like to hear it anyway. <laughs> I'm sure there's a recording somewhere out on the ether where I'm like, those damn paradox. <laughs> yeah. I can feel everyone going, oh, crap, here it comes. Just when we were getting into this nice, calm, smooth space, splat. That ability to befriend the unknown, can you do it if you don't have a solid sense of worth? I don't think so. It would be a lot harder. Now that you have a stronger sense of worth, Cheryl, do you see yourself embracing the unknown more? Do you see yourself going after the unknown more than you did before? I would say definitely yes. And even for some reason, within the last month, I have embraced the unknown a lot more. And I have let myself do a lot of things I would never let myself do before just to enjoy life more. Because mm -hmm. I realized I had been sitting on the sidelines and I have a lot of things to do at home. But when I didn't have anything, I would just stay home anyway. And in the last month or so, I have been giving myself permission to get out there with the unknown and take a dive. I've been getting in the water. I've been going different places. And it hasn't hurt me. <laughs> and before, I wouldn't let myself do it. So, yeah, the unknown is, it gives me a good sense of worth to do these things, to step out of my boundaries. I have felt great for the last month and I've been patting myself on the back. I have a, a bit different perspective on that. It's probably because I've adapted what I've adapted to my experience, how, how I live my days. I don't subscribe to the notion that one can't lean into the unknown without a sense of worth because I think Worth is one of those things that you come into and you grow into and it never stops. You're always growing and evolving. And so your sense of worth is always expanding. I've learned to release the notion of finite, definite demarcation line. And that has helped me connect with the understanding of limitless thinking and uh, boundless opportunities. It's an odd thing that we humans do. We will fight harder for the unknown that hurts us, uh, that's toxic, that scares us, that we have data to prove this is no good for me. We will fight harder for that than we will for the unknown. I got to a place where I'm like, hell, I know that doesn't work. So what I'm going to do is lean into the unknown. I'm going to figure out what that muscle is, and I'm going to build that muscle. The imagery I'm getting is as your sense of worth blossoms, the box that you initially start out in the box that I've created for myself. I can go from a little matchbox. This is my matchbox. I'm good with it. I'm comfortable with it. I ain't going to press the box because that's a little too scary. But I'm okay with it. This is how I function. And right. So be it. Then as my worth wakes up and 
challenges the myth that I've created in my head, the fictions that I've listened to and thought were real. Now the box begins to expand. Now all of a sudden I'm a cereal box size and a little bit more work and I'm a copy paper box size. And then at some point I realized, fuck this box. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a matter of we're all born with infinite amount of worth. It's our awareness to our worth that we shackle. Yeah. Have you noticed as you get a deeper insight to yourself, meaning you have reflected on what you've learned, what you know, and then you marry to that time and experience for example cheryl you just said in the past month you started giving yourself permission to go out more so you married your yeah. experience of being afraid of going out more with challenging this myth of why am i afraid to going out more and you started exploring that and then you're like screw it i'm gonna go out more and now right right you've You've experienced, you're okay, you lived, you're here today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. So you've got yeah. to shatter that myth that you were thinking of before. Oh, I'm not going to be okay. I'm going to get hurt. Something's going to happen, right? That that can still happen. I'm not saying you've tossed that out the window, but you've put it more in balance with what you can do. Is that fair? Yeah, and I've chosen happiness. I've chosen all of these things, chosen growth. If you don't, you're stuck. So yeah, I have definitely taken a good look at myself and said, this isn't working. I want to be happier. I want to have more of a full life to be able to go out and experience things happily. And don't just sit there and think, Oh, I don't want to do that. And something might happen. Before, fear of the anxiety would just stop me, but I don't have it anymore. I got past that, and it's wonderful. It's awesome. This will put maybe a bow on it. One of the things that I learned as a kid, too, yeah, in both sides of my family, no, nobody talks about things. It's like, there's this big... The elephant in the room, everybody knows the elephant's in the room, but literally there's this unspoken rule requiring nobody to talk about the thing. And as a kid, that was very painful for me, very frustrating and aggravating for me. And I experienced it as there's something wrong with me that I'm noticing this and nobody else around me is noticing this. Like nobody's talking about this. So the problem must be me that I'm the only one that is having a trouble with this. And so as I got older in life, that was part of me choosing to opt out of life. Uh -huh. Because I was going through the world and there's these elephants and nobody wants to talk about these elephants. They, you don't, know, they don't want to talk about it, but you know what? You feed them, don't you? We say them. So all of the things like what Cheryl was saying that would cause anxiety and stress and uh, all the things, I was like, it's clearly me because no, everybody else is having no problems. So I'll just opt out. I'll isolate myself. I'll become in invisible because I'm the problem, clearly. Now what I've learned is no, I'm actually quite healthy. <laughs> My ability to see the thing, spend five minutes exploring how I feel about the thing and be willing to call other people into the conversation and say, hey, y'all see this thing? What do you think about this thing? Is literally a strength. If we had more of that in the world, we wouldn't be such a messed up world. We wouldn't be making ourselves sicker and have more anxiety and more stress and more division if we would actually be willing to do that. So I think I'm so happy that Cheryl, you're going out and you're experiencing things. I'm going out and I'm experiencing things. And now what I realize is when all those times when I was like, oh my gosh, and I would 
be getting dizzy because I'd be out in the world and I was experiencing all these things. It was because I was on sensory overload trying to engage the world with the rule of I can't speak about anything. And so I'm overloaded now. So now Mm -hmm. I allow myself to be like, oh, wait a minute. And I'll look at my wife and I have an inside joke, but it's like I've peopled enough. It's time to go home because I've peopled enough. (laughs) You got your fill. Yeah. I'm actually acknowledging myself now. So no longer throwing yourself out of balance by accommodating, by pushing through, by worrying that, boy, if you left now, what other people will think. Not at all. I'm affirming myself. And here's the great thing about it. By affirming myself, I'm growing my confidence and my trust within myself. Like now my brain, my subconscious knows, no, what you're feeling is what you're feeling. And that's okay. And it's a good thing. It's good that you acknowledge it. All it requires is me to say, hey, y'all, I've peopled enough. I'm going home. And guess what? Usually, half to most everybody else in the room have people enough to. <laughs> I give them permission to acknowledge themselves too. Oh, so you're shutting parties down. Oh, yeah, you're right. I am too. See ya, blah. Yeah, everybody's need Lord. After you go out and have a big meal with everybody and your belly's full, all you want to do is go home and take the pants off. And let your belly expand. That's what everybody wants to do. Take a nap. All right. Note to self. When I throw a party, A, dress code is expandable stretch pants. B, (laughs) plenty of couches for naps. Okay, got it. All right. Just making a list. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Given what's happening right now in the world, there is so much up in the air, isn't it, between governments not functioning like they should, Wars going on, not being called wars, resources disappearing overnight because of storms that we haven't seen in our lifetime. What do you sense your life would be like right now if you hadn't gone through the work that you've done? Where do you think you'd be at? I know I would be very worried, very anxious, and wanting to crawl under a rock because I wouldn't be able to handle all of that. But I know that doing the growth, I know everything is going to be fine. I'm always going to be fine. I don't have to worry about any of that. I realize, look back at my old life, I would have been just scared. Paralyzed? Yeah. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Especially by myself now. I've had to make uh, a lot of adjustments in the last three years since my husband passed away. And now everything falls on me. But I know I can handle it. So it's okay. I I would definitely be lording me. First of all, I would probably be one of those energies um, that would be adding fuel to the fire and making the fire bigger. Um, and I would definitely be stressed out about it and not handling it in a healthy way. I don't suggest that there are moments even now that I'm just like, wow, listen, I am a gay black woman in the Bible Belt South where on any given day I walk out these doors, I see more Confederate flags than I do other brown faces. And I happen to be married to another woman. And given the the political discourse and the sheer vitriol and hate and division that we have in our country, particularly in this area, this region of the country, There are days where I do explore, okay, how, if this happens, right, like, how are we going to navigate this? The difference is, before I would have been experiencing this from a 
overwhelmed fear panic. And today I'm experiencing this as a, this is a survival, be prepared for these risks. And in those moments, I'm, I'm, I'm identifying my list of available resources and tools, right? So if those moments come, I know what I have to turn to, to navigate those moments. And that's a completely different energy. That's an empowered energy. So if I'm hearing you both correctly, am I capturing this by saying you have both shifted from being reactive to proactive? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the funny thing is, is I, you couldn't have told me I wouldn't be proactive before. <laughs> because what you were doing before you thought was proactive. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's wild. It It is fascinating. And again, I, I am so grateful for both of you in my life because it's one thing to say that over 350,000 people have gone through maybe what I'm worth. Out of that, 98 of them experienced something. I have no doubts how much it's impacted their life. I let that go, but I know it has in some degree. It may be a slow burn out of that 2%. One is, yeah, I probably should do a little bit more, but life gets in the way or whatever, and the excuses come up. You both are in that teeny tiny 1% where you've reached that plateau where instead of going, damn it, I thought I was done with this, to, wow, what else? Is that accurate? <laughs> so accurate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. I literally have friends texting me throughout the day. He's like, oh my God, can you believe it? Did you see that? And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, aren't you pissed? I'm just, I guess I'm not surprised. Am I pissed? I'm indifferent. It is what it is. And okay. <laughs> Do they get pissed yeah. at you not being pissed? Yeah. And they're so confused, Bunny, these days. You ain't getting the bait, sis. Come on. You're supposed to be pissed. I think that cause, because the old me would have been like, hell yeah, I'm pissed. And I would have probably been ready to charge a hill or something, right? And now I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's observe some more. Okay. Ooh, I yep. can just feel them seething at you. Like, who the hell are you, Miss Uppity Uppity? And then this is where I really get them because I'm like, but are you ready to have the real conversation about the role that we are all participating in this? Your part in this, my part in this. Are you ready to have that discussion? No? Okay. I'll talk to you later, girl. (laughs) You got it. Life is so much easier that way. It really is. I have become more attuned that my radar is better at sussing out Velcro. We all know what Velcro is, right? There's these these two strips. One is meant to hook the other one in. You got to press it together. Have you ever had a piece of clothing where the Velcro kind of dies out? It doesn't latch anymore. Yeah. Either it's too full of lint or it's just the head too many opens and closes. It doesn't work. No matter how hard you press the Velcro, it doesn't take, right? You've peopled enough. Peopled enough. Oh, Christina, that is a medium.com article I'm waiting to read. Not that I'm suggesting or pushing. But you don't have to suggest or push because it's already been started. (laughs) All right. Excellent. When my Velcro doesn't seem to be working with somebody, meaning the reaction that they thought they would get ain't happening. Now I have to tune into the fact that they're getting more pissed off. They're shifting whatever it was they're pissed off about that they thought I should be pissed off about. Now. They're shifting that anchor, that rancor, that attitude onto me. 
Have you had that happen? Yeah. They try it. Yeah. And when it doesn't work, I just smile and say, look, I'm operating from the notion that I'm going to navigate life with what I can and cannot control. I, I know that I can only have a small amount of control over my life. What illusions I have control over in my life is a funny story, but everything else I have no control over, but I can control this conversation and I can control the fact that I don't want to spend our precious time together talking about something I have absolutely no control over whatsoever. What about you? And then I can just see this internal imagery of them giving me the finger. I want to thank you for diving into some reflection time. It's just, One of the things I often remind people is reflection as we ponder where we've been and where we are now and the work that you've done. It's a way of giving yourself credit, not in a narcissistic way, but in a way that honors your work. And all too often, I think change happens, improvements happen. We don't spend the time honoring it. For example, once upon a time, I would break my back over a weekend doing a deep clean in my place. We're talking stretching and scraping and scrubbing to the point that the next morning you wake up every bone in your body and muscle hurts. (laughs) And I would just check that off my list and move on to the next item. It's okay, that's done. Now I got to get this done. And when that's done, I got to get this done. And then when that's done, I got to get this done. I never took the time to just sit my ass down in a chair in a room that I had absolutely detailed and gotten clean and just sit there and feel the room, how different it was. I never gave myself permission to do that. That's silly. That takes too much time. There's too much to do. I guess it boils down to now, not only do I give myself time to stop and smell the roses, but I'm going to take some deep breaths when I'm smelling that rose. And that happens because I know it's worth it. This isn't a waste of time. Well, and not only that, I've integrated that as part of my practice because cold, so the broader culture teaches not to do that because it's narcissistic and it's egotistic and it's all the bad things, right? Interestingly enough, speaking about the paradox of it all, Culture doesn't think that's a bad thing, but the culture also has this unspoken rule that requires that we obtain acceptance from it, that we obtain accolades from it, that we are granted some kind of recognition from culture, right? The broader culture. These are the unspoken demands. And yes, so I might be working on a potential article on this. I don't know. I'm exploring. Anyway. Get out of my head. Get out of my head. But the culture requires this of us. It is unspoken rule. From birth, we're taught this. It's a generational And at the very same time, the culture says, slaps your hand if you look to yourself and say, I did a good job on that. This was a good thing that I did. I feel proud of me. But I think it's a requirement in in the reflection process because mostly we start off in a deficit in our confidence because we're taught not to trust ourselves. We're taught not to trust our own discernment. By the time that we're actually at an age where we need to implement and integrate these discernment and our own trust in self, because mom and dad isn't there 24-7, we don't actually have the skill set sharpened enough to do it effectively. We don't have the data to prove it. Our subconscious Even though we might be saying, yeah, I believe in myself. I'm confident in myself. I trust myself. Our subconscious is, are you full of shit? You a, that's the truth of the matter. And so, yes, it's necessary for us in our reflection to pat ourselves on the back and say, I was there and then 
I'm here now. And these are the things that I've learned. Oh my gosh, actually am pretty good at that. Oh my gosh, this didn't break me. Oh my gosh, I fell and I got back up. Not I am a failure, but I failed in this task. I didn't accomplish what I set out to do, but I got back up. These were my lessons learned. And next time around, I got this. Every time we do that reflection, every time we pat ourselves on the back, we affirm for our subconscious the data required to support that. Because your subconscious, your brain is always going to go looking for the evidence. What's that saying about your brain will find the evidence of what you're looking for? Don't go looking for trouble. Your brain's going to go looking for that evidence. So serve it up. And here's the interesting thing. I'm glad you record this so that if I do go back and finish this article, I got to put it in if terms with you, though, because I know how you are. But here's the important part about (laughs) this. It's not that we don't have the capacity for this, because we all do. What triggered that text to you the other day was that it's that time of the year in corporate America, you have to write your own annual evaluation. And they take that evaluation and management says, yeah, I agree with this. I don't agree with this. And then they determine how much money you're worth, if at all, in some more money at the end of the year. And so I'm doing my performance evaluation. A lot of us know what that means. Most people in some form of capacity, when you're working, you have an evaluation of your performance or in a relationship or some sort. There's a scorecard. We all have the capacity to understand. Question is, are we willing to deploy the same kind of concept with our own selves? process. Like that, I think, is the question. So true. So true. Yeah. I just had a nice, full, yummy, complete banquet of goodies. Thank you for feeding me. If I may, with the last couple of minutes of our time, can I have your permission to give you a little heads up on some stuff that's coming up? Absolutely. I am putting out there the 2024 newsletter series is going to be all about something that, and, and I'm going to say it, Christina has banged my head with multiple pots and pans over the years. I've been accused, and I'll acknowledge that I am guilty that mm. at the beginning of both of your journeys, we talk about letting doubt, guilt, shame, and worry go, right? And I have been accused that I'm asking y'all to do a fairly tall leap without a parachute. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. Christina's being demure on this. (laughs) I have put together three guided meditations. I break them down. There's four sections into this newsletter series. We're going to start the first quarter out with looking at 13 tools, 13 guided meditations on how to release doubt. And then we go into the next quarter. We're looking at another 13 tools on how to release guilt. Followed by the third quarter, we're going to look at 13 different tools on how to release shame. And 13 tools ends the 12-month series with how to release worry. And the way that these are constructed, it's roughly about a 15-minute audio recording. There will also be transcripts for each of these for those who want to pull it out and get their highlighter out and take notes. But the first half of that 15 minutes is I just help you get into a guided meditated space. I lead you through these steps on how to slow down and get ready for the guided journey. And then the second half, I offer you something to ponder, something to reflect on, a plant to seed. Now, it's up to you to decide whether or not that seed gets planted. And if it is planted, how much watering will it get? How much sunlight will it get? Meaning, how much time will you spend on reflecting on it? 
And then you can just journal your reflections on what came up for you. And then once a month, if there's interest, people will have to uh, sign up and RSVP and honor to be there. I'll host a call that we can dive a little deeper into some of the topics that we worked our way through. So that is 2024 newsletter series. It's literally 53 tools on how to dissolve doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. So yeah, there, Christina. The other big news <laughs> is starting in 2024, I've got the permission from my board to launch a new program. And what that's all about is recently the U.S. government has done their best to help forgive student loans. The current $9 billion that was put out there to retire student loans for people still leaves way too many people saddled with student loan debt. Is that an accurate reflection? I believe so. Yeah. So you both know that Seoul University has always offered a learn and earn program, right? In other words, you can get paid to take classes. You both know that from day one when you started with Seoul University. Is that true? Yeah. True. In a nutshell, the 25-25 program starting in January, and I'm waiting to January because the holidays are coming. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Frankly, the best time to be in Seoul University classes is during the holidays because it gives you a sense of structure and connection and confidence. So, in 2024, 20, I'm going to put everything you both have experienced on steroids. When one person decides they want to take the class, pay me what I'm worth, I will offer them a discount of 75%, basically $25 a month, if they can inspire 25 people to take the class with them. In other words, if you inspire two people to take the class with you, and those two people inspire two people, and those two people inspire two people. Whoever it is that's in your group helps you fill out the 25 people in class, you can then sign up and start your subscription series. You can cancel any time. It's completely open-ended. You can decide to take the class like an old-fashioned class where the same people show up at the same time and go through the book in a lockstep order. Or you can take the class all on your own you can drop into Seoul University office hours if you want them. But in essence, the person who introduced you to the class is because they introduced you to it. You have access to a very economical rate. Now, on your end for doing the work or helping getting a class started, you get half of the tuition. So you get $12.50 out of each person who makes their monthly subscription. But there's got to be a minimum of 25 people in your group at all time. Thoughts? Yeah. This is always this worth is, a try. This is interesting. So I am witnessing you releasing your controller. The only way I can sell this to the board is a minimum of 25. They're hoping yeah. that this blossoms and just explodes. I want you to earn at least $300 a month. That was a guideline that I set. It's, and it only goes up from there. And if your group rallies and all of a sudden you've got 200 people and it's because of you, those 200 people are taking this class, you're making a little over 30 grand a year just for turning a person on to pay me what I'm worth. A couple of years at 30 grand coming into your checking account, I would pray would pay off your student loans. I like and, that. And for people who don't really have a debt issue, I will challenge those who are listening in. Now I want you to contemplate, as we begin to wrap up, I'm going to leave you with this. I want you to contemplate legacy. What do you want to leave the world? And I have a couple of people that I have challenged that I want you to endow a chair at your university. I want you to create a scholarship program that is on a topic near and dear to you and be able to walk into the president of your college where you're an alumni of and endow at least a $500,000 grant, pay it forward, all just because you decided to take a class. So it's, if you recall in chapter four, the worth timeline exercise, 
the last part of that worth timeline exercise is I asked you to dream. I asked you to chart out the next 10 years of your life, right? Part of maintaining a healthy balance in life is an awareness of our dreams. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Now more than ever, with all the circuses that are going on that can distract us from our dreams, it is my desire to fan your dreams so strongly that you're not going to put up with the clap anymore. It's time to move your dreams from just the, the dream state to reality. You're doing something about that. And for me, I'll wrap up with by launching the 2525 group, I believe I will complete my fundraising to launch Caregiver Lifeline. Can easily happen when 100,000 people decide to take advantage of this program. Cool, huh? Very cool. Yeah. So one of the talking points is you can tell people, if you decide to subscribe and be part of this class, you're actually going to be helping funding a monk's dream to launch a company to care for caregivers. Commercial over. Thank you for being here. Any reflections before we conclude? Great call. Good to catch up. Bowing your I gratitude do. to you both. And we'll see you hopefully the, the first Saturday in November, which will be our last Seoul University office hour for 23. Thanks for listening. Please feel free to share these classes on your social media feed. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.